Welcome back to Motivation and Meltdowns with the Terrific Life. I'm super excited. Um, I am coming at you today because I am putting together um, multiple interviews with real working moms. And when I say real working means just like everyday moms. It's not anybody that is, you know, a million dollars and celebrities and all this stuff. I'm talking the mom that we can relate to, that real working mom. And I never really had um, a lot of things I could listen to or read about regarding what it's like to be a working mom and what to expect, you know, kind of like the what to expect when expecting, but it's what to expect as a working mom. Like I think there's things out there and I want that change. I want us to listen to different perspectives. I want us to feel like we're not the last unicorn and we're not alone. We're not alone. And I want us to feel that. I want us to be able to take away from other working moms and see that it can be done. It has been done and it will always be done. (laughs) There's a way to bring it so like everyone can be a different point of view. There's a no judgment zone here. So I'm excited to bring this out. I had to teach myself, you know, this podcast. I do editing. I do everything. I had to learn how to do it. And then I had to figure out I really wanted to bring these interviews like this has been heavy on my heart for so long. And I'm like, I want to pick a topic. I want to hear about, you know, meltdowns that moms have. I want to I want I had this idea in my head, but the, you know, having to figure out how to remotely interview people, transfer it to my editing software, then editing to people like that whole thing was just scary to me. But Lucky for you, I went on a social media detox for 30 days if you haven't been paying attention. And I had a little hand. So this girl here figured it out. I don't know how great it is yet, but I did figure it out. I'm um, super excited that I get to bring this to you. And today we are starting with um, one of my best friends I grew up with, Joanna. And the funny thing about this is I, I have like five other moms lined up to speak with. And I had to set up interview times and stuff. So obviously we're working moms. We got the kids. So we have to figure out like when's a good time, like a 30 minute time frame that we can talk. And I went through everything. And the funny thing is the way the universe set it up is the topic I'm going to be talking about in this next five interviews. The main topic is going to be remote learning. I wanted to touch because this is something that is just all moms are experiencing right now. But the great thing about the universe is the first person that I got to do the interview is an educator. Um, She's one of my friends, best friends growing up. I'm always inspired and in awe by her, by her family, by her, um, the way she handles motherhood. She has amazing ideas. She brings a breath of fresh air. She just, she's just all around amazing. So I'm, I'm excited to introduce you to her. I'm excited. Um, because she's an educator and a working mom. So like, and she's at home and she's in the thick of it, you know, right now. So for this to be my first interview, and I love that she was able to sit down with me. So I hope it as much as I did. I had a lot of fun doing it. And um, the series, don't forget to share it with your friends um, so that it gets out. I'd love to hear. I would love to hear all this stuff. We're going to change topics every um, interviews. And um, again, I hope you enjoy this. And on with the show. All right. So today I'm interviewing a fellow working mom of three kids in the Chicago public schools who I grew up with. Hey, Joanna. Hey, Tori. Thank you for um, joining me today. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous as to what you're going to ask me. Maybe I'll have to plead the fifth on a couple of things. I don't know. Well, it's pretty... basic question. I think you could handle it for sure. But I'm going to let you introduce yourself really quick. Tell us a little bit about your kids um, as a fellow working mom. So I want you to just kind of tell me about yourself really quick so the audience also knows. Sure. So as Tori said, I am a full-time 
teacher. I've been teaching for over 20 years. I teach in the suburbs. I have three kids, ages eighth grade and fifth grader twins. And my husband works for the city um, as a paramedic. So he is gone every so often because he needs to be. And also living in our house is my 86-year-old mom. So that's us in a nutshell. I love your mom. (laughs) (laughs) I need soup soon too. Come on. Her mom used to make the best soup. Still makes the best soup. I can't even. T- can't really I can tell you the last time she made the soup, but I can buy you some really good soup. <laughs> I'll take you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know you told me a little bit about being a teacher and stuff, but do you want to tell me a little bit more like your accomplishments and stuff in that field and what you've been doing? Sure. So um, when I graduated from DePaul in 99, I taught for a couple of years and I went back for my master's in early childhood special education. And I also um, received a learning behavior specialist endorsement. So I have been working with diverse populations in special education, in just EL cultures. I've mentored many teachers. I've had many student teachers. Prided myself on being able to collaborate and adapt. I've taught from pre-K through third grade and everything in between except for first, because first is really hard. Kudos to all those first grade teachers. And now I'm on week almost nine of full remote teaching. So I'd like to add my tech skills to my resume because I got some now. Tech skills. That's a good one. Now you're IT too. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. The, the role of an educator is ever encompassing and changing. So you just got to roll with it or you get rolled over. So I'm super, I'm really honestly super excited like to talk to you because I think like you come from a different perspective. Um, as I told you before, um, beforehand that this topic was going to be about remote learning, just because I think a lot of like parents, the everyday person isn't really being heard, I don't think. And when they are, it's in like brief snippets on the news. And it's usually more so what like people, you know, whatever agenda or whatever thing they're trying to sell you. And I think like I, I would like to hear from real working moms, moms in general, just like what is going on and what you're actually going through. And I love that you're not only this working mom, you're also this educator. So you kind of have like, you're burning the flame at both ends. So <laughs> I mean, I, I'm working from home, you know, so I'm there full time and I have it, but I'm also not teaching kids. Like it's just like your perspective is a lot more interesting. And I also don't think a lot of times they listen to people that they should listen to. <laughs> you know, it's kind of I, I imagine them all at like a desk and they're like, how about this idea? And like none of them even have a clue on what's going on, really. So I wanted to get that out there um, with just talking to all different moms. So we're going to start with what are the difficulties and our concerns or struggles uh, your child or you are going through? I think we could do it all right there. So let me know. What is that? So I think something that came first was the concerns of your kids, right? So I was raised by an anxious mom and I'm still being technically raised by her being Polish. You never stop being raised by your Polish mother. So My role as a mom is to take the anxiety piece out. In my house, we don't say things like, I'm freaking out. So if someone ever says that, I say, if I can't freak out, you can't freak out. We don't freak out. We problem solve. So what I try to do is not put my bias into what this is and what this isn't. I kind of rolled with, well, tell me, young mind, what do you think of this? So a lot of it was 
focusing first on the positive. Yay, we don't have to wake up so early. Yay, we don't have to deal with the busing. With CPS, busing has always been a disaster. So those were big positives. But something that is missing is the social emotional piece. So the social emotional piece is huge. And when they are able to interact throughout the day with various peers, whether they're preferred peers or non-preferred peers, it adds on layers to their social emotional development. So that is missing. And I'm hearing them saying, I miss so-and-so, I miss so-and-so. So we do do playdates, but I guess with their age, it's not playdates anymore. We, we do interact safely with um, preferred peers. And I think something that is of a concern, especially for the eighth grader, is what is graduation going to look like? Will I walk across the stage? Will I get a diploma? Where there'll be a semi-formal, like everyone else has ever had. So it's all those things. But I try to spin it in the perspective of, you know, there are bigger fish to fry. We can get creative. We can do things. The most important thing is that you are still being challenged. So I think in my own mind, as a mom and as a teacher, I still want to make sure that that level of academic challenge is there. So when I hear things like, oh, but we're doing this and we've done that and we're not learning anything new, I don't jump on the those teachers aren't teaching anything bandwagon because it's still early. It's not even Halloween. There's a lot of review that has to happen because they haven't been technically in school since March. So you can't jump into the full-blown what a regular fifth grade, eighth grade curriculum would look like because you have to backtrack. Same well, that's time. good because I think that's also like um, it feels like forever to the mom. <laughs> It's like we're on day 925 and it's like, no, it's day 60, honey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Calm down. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. I I think too, that just understanding that if your child is meant to get to the Ivy league schools at some point in their life, this is not going to be the end all. Everybody has gone through the motions of what some people called remote learning. Some people call it COVID school, whatever they want to call it. Like everyone is at the same level. So no one is accelerating. Unfortunately, some kids are declining because this is very challenging and it takes a lot to reconfigure and make it exciting. And I do, I do love, I do love that you said like, don't, you don't freak out because I'm like that with CJ, like, like my whole parenting, <laughs> my whole parenting life, my whole parenting with CJ has always been like, you know, when he gets nervous and anxious, I'm always like, is mom calm? And he's like, yeah, I go, then what's, what's there to worry about? You know? And then he's like, okay, but what? I'm like, I get mm. it. You're nervous, but look at me. Am I freaking out? You know me. I'd freak out. You've seen me freak out before, but realistically, even if inside I'm like, oh, I got it. <laughs> I just want to cry in the corner, but you just don't show that, you know, it's not that you're not showing emotion or letting the kid know you're real. It's just more of a, somebody has to drive the ship, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody has to take lead. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure if like, you know, the plane's going down or the plane, you're like, you're not like, I'm sure the pilot's not like, we're all dying. We're all going down. It's like, please stay seated. (laughs) It's not, it's not a naiveness or that we don't know what's going on. It's just, that's not added stress. So I love that you said that with the, um, don't freak out and then focus on the positive. Cause I think um, with social media and everything, it's very hard, very easy to get lost in that negative of how everybody's life is so much harder and how it's hard. And, and I think that sometimes could even ooze out into their day to day. Oh yeah. So I think it's, it's, I love that. So that was great. I don't know. <laughs> Going right into that. What is a positive thing that you can take away from remote learning? As a mom? As a mom, a working mom. Yeah. No busing. 
Oh my God, yes. <laughs> the fact that I don't have to watch my phone, like my kids are microchipped and where are you going? And all those calls I would get since my eldest was in kindergarten and the bus came two hours late and I'm like, nope, we're still going. And you know, all the calls I used to get, mom, they have no idea where they're going. They're going this way instead of that way, calling the bus companies and calling, you know, Department of Transportation, you can't get through because those first six weeks of school, those lines are busy and calling and why are we scheduling? Why are we rescheduling? So that has been a blessing. And even if we go into hybrid, I will move heaven and earth to not put a child on a bus. I oh my gosh yes <laughs> I'm with you with that buzzing it's like a nightmare plus you have kids you your kids go to two separate schools in the city two separate schools mm-hmm. so that's like two separate busing two separate everything so yeah. I can't even imagine like half the time they'll be like you know he was on the bus I'm like he's in front of me like, right I don't know what kid you picked up yes or it's like oh no I passed your house we've been sitting out here for 35 minutes mm-hmm. no one passes house mm-hmm. and you know so definitely busing is a positive okay. and I'd have to say too um. Not having yucky lunches, right? Those CPS lunches, they're an acquired taste. So the fact that, you know, they said that they were going to have their favorite chicken nuggets and it turned out to be a quesadilla question mark, you know, on a Wednesday and then they come home hungry because they didn't want the quesadilla. It's not an issue. So I'd say no busing and no crazy lunches and we're golden. Now, since you are an educator and a mom, what do you feel could improve remote learning? I think taking off that layer of, yeah, but this is school and the what ifs. I think if a lot of parents would stop with, yeah, but what if, yeah, but what if, it would help a lot because you can really start to spiral with those what ifs. Yeah, but what if they don't acquire these standards? Yeah, but what if the Wi-Fi goes out? Like that is what is making all the challenges because then I see the kids in front of me in the screens and they're like, eyes are like this. And everything's fine. You're glitching. You're glitching. Are you there? Are you there? It's like, take it easy. Let's have a little mini fire drill. Okay. So if my Zoom gets caught, call gets stuck, what should we do? And they'll unmute themselves. Freak out. I'm like, nope, there's no freaking out in our classroom. What you do is you turn off your video, you mute yourself. I designated two of my stellar students to be like the classroom monitors. And I said, I will try to come back. If I can't come back, I'll end the call. I'll send you an email. There's no reason to worry. I think too, something that parents need to understand too, is that the teachers are working hard and all the education that I have gone through. I never was taught how to do this ever. I learned the difference between Zoom and Google Meets and this. Oh, yeah, but now this is updated. Oh, yeah, but now this is updated. We're all doing our best. And I think if you look at that and not take out the anger of I'm stuck at home with my kid and you are teaching through a screen, I didn't do that. So I have put it in my heart to offer my best educational customer service where what may be would turn out to be a a more delicate conversation in the past where I would have to maybe offer some more guidance. I sit there and I do my discover card person listener. Yes, I understand. You sound very frustrated. I do more of that because I can understand that different parents have different circumstances. You may not be able to work. This child may be, I don't know where, and it causes tension. And I know you want your kids to get back to school, or maybe you don't want them to get back to school because you're feeling like it's not safe. Let's try to understand ourselves from the perspective of trusted adults in this child's life and work towards the goal of bettering them. I can't agree more. (laughs) Yeah, nothing to say there. (laughs) 
Okay, so my next question is going to be, if the schools were to listen to you, Joanna, you are the most important person in this world Yeah, <laughs> right now, <laughs> at least in your home, <laughs> you're the queen. But if you were to go back to school, what idea would you give them? Like, this is your chance to like say, this is what I would do to open schools. Wow, I don't know. I, I think that we have to just allow that I don't know. I, I think that it's okay to not know. And I think it's okay to hold each other up and say, I don't know. We're expecting so many different people to have the answers, but with numbers changing so quickly, I don't have a vaccine in my back pocket. You know, I don't know if when a vaccine comes out, if it's going to work. I don't know if I'm even going to give it to my child. And I live with, you know, a first responder who comes home who gets tested every two weeks. And when this first started, I had my kids looking at me like, can dad live here? Is he going to have to go to one of those hotels and be away from us? Because now we can't see our other set of grandparents and what's going to happen with the grandma who lives with us. So like, I don't know if there's a right answer. I think there's tentative plans that can be made. But I think if anything, this is a situation in time where we can all grow and just learn how to be more flexible and be okay with the unknown. I don't have an answer. Yeah, I think it's hard. It's hard. I want everybody to have an answer. But I agree. Like it's it's such a living thing happening right now that we can't, we're living through history. So none of us have ever been here. And how do you know what the right decision is? And I think that can be a little frustrating. And especially because it's your kids and you're like, wait, this is my kid's future. And what are we going to do? And that's like you said earlier, like, what if, like, it's hard not to stick in that what if zone, because there is no end. Like if somebody was to say, hey, September 2021, it's all done. Like, and we'd all be like, oh, so we just have to live through this to September 2021? Got it. Like, you know, and then we'd be okay. But the fact that we don't know and there's no end, I think, I think people just get angry when people say you don't know, you know, like, uh, or they come up with ideas because everybody thinks they have better ideas. But realistically, I know nobody that's ever lived through a pandemic. Have you? No. Okay. <laughs> so like, like World I don't know, like different things, but no, no, I don't know anybody that's lived through pandemics. And, you know, I think that everything happens for a reason. And this is happening to our world for a reason, because we're trying to evolve. Like there's always evolution. I, I, I like to look at even the worst things that have happened, like what came out on the other side. There's always something that comes out of it. There has to be because if not, then you're going to be just very angry and scared and skittish about everything that's happening around you. And as a parent, as an educator, you can't be that way because then the kids are going to be that way. And then how is our future going to be? If this is uncertain right now in our present, you have to stand tall and be okay with not knowing and allow the kids to not know. And that's okay too, because I think that's where a lot of childhood anxieties come out. Is, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. It's okay. Life. If I if I kept a tally of every mistake I ever made, no oh boy, out loud. <laughs> How about the mistakes we've made together? <laughs> That's for another podcast. And okay. I'll burn it if you make it. Yeah, you'll be like, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> My lips are sealed. No, we didn't make mistakes. We we just grew together. That's what I like. It was all a growing experience. All right. So as a working mom. Uh, what have you learned or what tools have you used to help you be able to keep things organized or keep your life manageable? Schedules. Well, first, let me start with this. When I first became a mom, I had to roll with it and understand like, okay, things are going to 
be changing and that has to be okay. So whereas before as a mom or uh, just a wife and a, a teacher, I would come home and be like, hey, I've got time to do this. I've got time to do this. I've got nothing but time. Now as a mom, it's like, oh, but I see there's laundry here. Yep. And it's going to be there for another X amount of days until you make it priority. So I think allowing yourself to be flexible and allowing yourself to not always have the to-do list done is okay. So prioritize. These are my must-dos. These are my can-dos. These are my someday I will do. Have a couple of must-dos because when you do them and you get them done, you feel successful, you feel accomplished. It makes you feel better. So have like a going list of those three categories. Also, scheduling is super important, but not to the point of it's 5.32 and we haven't had dinner yet and dinner was supposed to be at 5.30. Like overall, in the hour between this time and this time, this should occur in the hour between this time. Like that is really important. And I think you have to put that in there or days go by way too fast and then you feel like you've accomplished nothing. Yeah, and that's the worst feeling. I would also say as a working mom, be okay with like the refrigerator not having everything in it. And if it doesn't have your backup plan of what else could you eat? Because sometimes you can't get to a store or sometimes, you know, things happen. So when the twins were babies, that was the year I took Peapod. And yeah, it costs more, but it saved me a whole lot of time. Now too, in the next hour, I'm getting my Walmart delivery because guess what? There's things I'd rather be doing than pushing a cart. And if I have to pay a little bit extra, that's okay. Is there anything better than like Instacart and Walmart? Mm. I mean, I don't know. As a mom, I feel like you, I remember when CJ was a baby, I used to wish that they would come to me because like when he was sick and I'd have to load him in the car, I'd be loading him in the car and I'd be like, oh my God, wouldn't it be so great if there was mm. like someone like I could drive through the Walmart pharmacy and be like, hey, can you just hand me the Tylenol? And Toss it in here. And some milk. Can you just do that for me? Do I got to get out of the car with this kid? So right now, I mean, honestly, when they came up with that, I was on board like from day one. And people are like, you want strangers to come to your home? I don't care who they are. If they're going to drop off my food, I'll make them dinner. Like, (laughs) like, Just do something. Yep. All right. So did you have another woman along the way that has mentored you or someone that has helped you on your working mom journey through life? This is your chance to give them a little shout out. I have my crew. So I have my close circle of friends. And even though we don't touch base as often as I'd like, you're one of them, Miss Tori, where I look to moms who I have seen like, wow. And like, I feel like all of my relationships from my squad and my crew, I look at them and I'm like, yeah, I can take away from there. I can take away from there. And just being able to be there for each other and offer sage advice, but also be there to listen to them and have them listen to me is huge. I have to say too, that I think a lot of my funniness as a mom, because boy, I'll tell you, I'm pretty damn funny. I got a lot of that from your mom. Oh, no, I really did. I really think she's funny. Not as funny as me. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, you're the next level, right? So I think that seeing that like funny banter and like, it was never like, with you and your mom is like, I'm the mother, you're the daughter. It was kind of like, ma, she, you know, she would drop an F-bomb if she had to and she hit you over the head and that's okay. But that's how she shows you that she loves you. So when I have those moments, I'm like, that's okay. That's a Tory mom moment. So it's good. That's a cripple moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd have to say too, with my own mom, she instilled faith in me and what it is to have a relationship with God. I had to change that a bit because again, as a 
true Polish mom, it's like you sit there and you pray the rosary until your fingers bleed. So that's not my relationship, but definitely having that piece of what you should value so that you can, when you have nothing else, you can just say, Jesus, take the wheel. So she taught me that it's okay at times to just say, Jesus, take the wheel. I just ask him to take the wheel in a little different way. You're like, listen, I'm going to need you to steer a little longer. Don't put it on auto. <laughs> yeah. So where I'm going to need you to make some major decisions for me. I'm out. <laughs> right. Where she may have been like, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'd be like, what took you so damn long? Come on. <laughs> I'm tired of driving already. <laughs> All right. So what advice would you give to a new mom going back to work or mom going back to the workforce? Kind of like a, if you knew then what you know now kind of thing. So one thing. And I think this is why God gave me twins the second time around instead of the first time around like I wanted, is that you will sleep again. You will sleep again. You will shower again. It'll just look a little different and that's going to be okay because the way we take care of ourselves now is not how we took care of ourselves in our 20s or when we were teens. Like you've got different goals, right? So I would just say this too shall pass. Make sure you have a strong inner circle around you that doesn't judge, but justifies and listens to you. So it's okay to say, I'm crying and I don't know why. And then your squad comes in and is like, girl, let me tell you why. Or I don't know why. Let me open the bottle and we can figure this yeah, out. Yeah, I'm crying too. Let's <laughs> it together. So I think <laughs> that you need that. Yes, you need to have that. And that has to be okay. I would also say with new moms, don't ever anticipate that your partner is going to know what you want or need when you yourself may not know what you want or need. Because that changes on any given day and with hormones coming back or going where they need to go, like things change. So have reflective time for yourself to think about things. Try not to speak during moments of intense emotion. Step away and then come back to it, even if that means coming back to it a few days later, because days may pass until you have the time to talk. I'm going to say it's okay to go to sleep angry. And sometimes that's the only way to go to sleep because you have to have perspective and you have to have time to reflect. So be okay with not ending your day the way an episode of Full House would end or The Cosby Show. Like this is life not happening. No. Real kids, real husbands. But I, I, I love that takeaway, though, because really um, it's unfair to expect your spouse to know what you need when you probably don't even know what they need. And then you don't know yourself. Like if you're a hot basket of a mess, like it, it, it's kind of like an unfair um, thing to actually put on another human being, period. <laughs> and it's not even your spouse. It's anybody. Unless you speak up and you communicate, like, how does anyone know what you want? No one's in your mind. And to those women who sometimes have those like romantic moments, like the baby comes home and it's like, it's a, it's a hallmark moment and it's all oh, glorious yeah. and beautiful. And we're just sitting together with the candlelight and looking the results of our love. And like, if that's happening for you, awesome. That didn't happen for me. And I don't think that after watching all of the Disney movies and all of the no. soap operas and everything, I'm still okay. I, I'm still not okay that that didn't happen to me because I hear sometimes so many things that like, oh my goodness, and he was there and this happened. It's like, well, sometimes your husband will not get six week off of paternity. He's got to go back to work the next day, and it's you. 
Well, it's also your body. Like, I don't think anybody prepares you for that body part. Like, you're just like, dear, I say it on a podcast, but it's like, is that nipple chafing? Like, I don't even know what's happening right now. <laughs> like, why does it hurt so bad? This, this monster is leeching on and they don't tell you, like, it's a pain that, like, will bring you to your knees sometimes, you know, like where you want to throw the kid. I mean, don't throw your kid. Please, God, no, don't throw your kid. Don't come back. Tori told me to throw my kid. But no, you know that pain. You know, oh. they, they, that one time you want to, like, throw, like, hurdle them away from you because you're like, oh, my God. It hurts so bad. And I think that there's just so much judgment around new moms. Like, you should be using this. You shouldn't be using that. You should be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. Like, you need to know your own self and what you're okay with. I was totally fine with not sitting for two hours as three little droplets of, you know, milk came out. Like, I put on my breast pump, full blast, 15 minutes, both sides done, in and out, back to sleep I go. And I don't think that my children had any less bonding time with me because the Madonna was not there with the symbol of the child and the glory and the love. Like I got stuff to do. So I also want new moms to know that like breastfeeding is beautiful, but it's not for everyone. That and it's okay true. if you need to give them some formula because the child needs to survive. This is not the 1900s. This is not any kind of civilization where you don't have it available to you, it's okay. Yep. And people will tell you different, but it it I think it's a choice and nowadays it's 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 okay. I agree a hundred percent. Depending on the child, depending on the pregnancy, dep- depending on the hormones, everything could change at a blink of an eye and you could be the person that has to give that child formula, you know, or you're going to be that person that's like, I've been breastfeeding for eight years. And you're like, if they can ask for it, you shouldn't give it. Like, <laughs> like if they're smoking a cigarette, don't let them. <laughs> that may not be your child. That may be a midget. Just in a <laughs> you might want to watch out. No, but it's, it's, it, they're both beautiful because either way, you're still giving that child love and you're holding them and you're bonding. It's still beautiful. So lastly, to wrap this up, I'm going to ask you, so obviously, you know, my podcast is Motivation and Meltdowns, and I always laugh at myself because there's certain things I do. And then after I do it, I'm like, did I just say that? Like, or did I just cry in the car for five minutes and I don't even know why? So my question is, what is your mom meltdown story where now you could look back and you could laugh at it? No beating stories, please. (laughs) I think my mom meltdown story, and there have been several. But when you asked me to think of just one, I think it came to me when the twins were newly around and I was home alone with the three kids. And, you know, you've got a three-year-old who's getting used to not just one baby in the house, but two. And I probably wasn't sleeping as much as I should. And I don't know what he did. Like he wasn't like, so he's always been rather brilliant. And so instead of napping, he would take his clock and he would like, switch the time and then come out time. Look, mama, it's not two anymore. It's three 30. Like you tell me to come out. I was like, you little shit, you're three years old. What are you talking about? <laughs> but yet he's still got the pacifier in his mouth and like swinging it around, but he's changing clocks. And that means I don't have my time to myself. I'm like, Oh no. And then he started throwing a tantrum in the room. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to make this hurt. What can I grab? I grabbed the pacifier. And I'm like, you know what? If you don't know how to act like a big boy, Jesus says, it's time you learn. So you don't get a pacifier anymore. I took it away and I was like, Ooh, gone now. Is it gone forever? I don't know. It should be gone forever. Well, he has three, almost three and a half. So I took all the pacifiers away (laughs) and (laughs) they were gone because he had a meltdown and he was trying to be a big boy, but not really acting like a big boy. And I told him that it's because 
Jesus said. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus this is like, you're like, you're wheel. up, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus took the wheel and Jesus said, no more pacifier. I'm like, if you're not napping anymore, then you don't need the pacifiers. That is- and um, <laughs> that was my meltdown moment. And I'm sure if you ask my children for meltdown moments, they could give you other ones. So if you want to do a part two of this and talk to them, I'd have to have a couple of beverages before. You know, could you imagine if they were in school and they were like, how's Jesus in your life? And they're like, well, Jesus took my pacifier. Jesus took my pacifier. Yeah. Jesus so, says I was old enough and mom okay. took them all away based on Jesus's instructions because she is, you know, a, a prophet, a prophet who speaks with Jesus. I am, I am that. I'm actually going to have this conversation with them over dinners because we always do like our highs and lows of the day, but I'm also going (laughs) to. We all have it. I mean, we desperate times calls for desperate measures. We lie. We do things that we're not so proud of. But you know what? It's we are who we are. And that's the truth. I want to thank Joanna from the bottom of my heart for coming on today to talk about remote learning, giving tips to new moms, um, giving us her experience with remote learning and um, as being an educator and a working mom for sharing her model down with us. Because as you know, guys, we all do things we're not proud of. We do things that are crazy sometimes when you think about them, but also funny after you think about it, because sometimes we have to get creative being mothers. And when we're angry and you have to become creative, sometimes you just have to laugh afterwards because nobody ever knows where that um, idea comes from. And I think there's just so much judgment out there that moms are supposed to be perfect and moms aren't supposed to. And this is a topic that I think a lot of moms hold guilt for, toward and won't share with people because they're, eh, you know, it wasn't my proudest moment. But you know what? But that's what makes you a mom. That's what makes you know, when you have not enough sleep, when you're tired and you've been working and you're working 12 hour shifts and then you come home and you're working another five hours to be a mom and a maid and a chauffeur and, and then happens. And that's what makes you real. And that's what makes you a good mom. Like, I think if you were always just even keel and never had a meltdown, you'd be like one of those Stepford wives or moms or something. It's just not natural. But I do appreciate all of you just as much as I appreciate Joanna for coming on today. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week and we'll talk soon.